Hey, it's Erica. And on this abbreviated episode of the Physician of Prosper podcast, we're going to be getting into the question, why are you stuck? Now, I know that this is a really big question because for many of us, it produces a ton of overwhelm and tiredness and frustration. We feel stuck and we don't know how to get out. But I've found that there are some pretty basic reasons for why we feel stuck and why we're stuck. And I want to talk about those today. So if you are ready to find out why you feel stuck right now, I want you to grab your Bible, your journal and a pen and let's go. Well, hey there, and welcome back to the Physician of Prosper podcast. I'm your host, Erica Pyle. And like I said in the intro, today we're going to be talking about why it is that you're stuck, and we're going to do it from an abbreviated format. So I know that normally when you come to check on episodes from P2P, you find something that's somewhere between, I don't know, 35 and 50 minutes. And what I think that means is that these episodes are info-packed. There's a lot to chew on and discover here. And I actually really like that about this podcast. I love providing value and giving lots for you to sit with the Lord on. But on today's episode, I really wanted to make this one quick because I think that a lot of people need to hear this, what this topic is today, why you're stuck. And I wanted to put it into a package that was easily consumable. And my my desire is that if you hear this and you know that this could help somebody else, you could send it to them. And because of its short nature or shorter nature, it could really be something they could access, you know, while they're running a quick errand, taking a walk with the dog, cooking dinner, and feel like they could consume it pretty quickly. So let's get into it. I really see there being four main reasons for why we get stuck or stay stuck or feel stuck. Because I have other episodes where I talk about the fact that when we say I'm stuck, a lot of times we're not really stuck. We actually have an option to not be stuck, but we're experiencing stuckness and we're choosing stuckness. So that's on different episodes. But let's talk today about the four main reasons why we might feel stuck or be stuck. All right. So the first one is you're flat out disobeying the word of the Lord. You're flat out disobeying the wisdom of God. Now, here's the thing. If you're listening to this to this podcast, it's likely that's not your reason. <laughs> Hear me out because there's this thing on the inside of you that will try to get you to feel guilty and ashamed. And the first thing out of the gate when something's not working, you will tell yourself, I am out of order. I'm in sin. I am doing something wrong. And I got to tell you that if your heart, if your heart is to do the will of God, if your heart is to be righteous before him and um, to be made holy, to be sanctified before him, you want to live a life that honors God and brings him glory, then it's highly likely that this first issue of flat out disobeying isn't really what's going on. Okay, so you can take that right off your plate. Now, there is number two is it's kind of like related to it. um, And that might be more likely your reason. But I'm telling you, if you are listening to this podcast, it is I am 99% sure that you are not willfully and knowingly disobeying the Lord and therefore being stuck. I can I can tell you that. So you may want to just like receive that. Because I know that for some of you listening, you've been beating up on yourself for quite some time, thinking that you suck and that you are just wrong and bad, and therefore you're stuck. And if you could just finally pull it together, that you could get moving again, that's a lie from the pit of hell. So be released from that today in the name of Jesus. Amen? 
get delivered. All right, number two, like I said, is related to number one in the sense that um, you know what you need to be doing to get unstuck, but you just can't seem to get unstuck. And if that is your, if that's your situation, then I want you to make it your homework to read Romans chapter six to eight. I want you to make that your homework because I believe that the word of God is alive and active and more powerful than any two edged sword. That's Hebrews. And I believe that when you dig into Romans six to eight and you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, you're going to understand that that condition of feeling like you know what you need to be doing, but you just can't seem to do it. That is a common condition. Even Paul experienced it. He said, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. And so what is that? And what I want to tell you in short, abbreviated, is what that is, is you're believing a lie or you're bowing to fear. So when you know what you need to do, you know you've heard the Lord, you know what the next step is, and you still can't seem to do it, you'll tell yourself, oh, well, I'm just lacking willpower. I'm just lacking um, the get up and go. Oh, my adrenals are burned out. Oh, you know what? I have too much going on. My schedule is too packed. I don't have the time. I don't know. Like, I just can't seem to do it. All of that is a cover story for I'm believing a lie and I'm bowing to fear. What What's happening is that you think and you feel like not doing the thing serves you more than actually stepping out and doing the thing. And sometimes that's because you think that something negative is going to happen if you do it or that you're going to lose something or that you're going to be unsafe. But the reality there is that you've got to be able to see if you know what the God strategy is and you're saying, but I cannot do it. What it means is that you need to make an exchange with Jesus. You need to give him the lie that you're believing or you need to give him the fear because he said, do not fear, but in all things, trust in me. He said, do not fear. Keep this word of God in your mouth at all times. Don't let it depart. Meditate on it. Ruminate on it. That's Joshua one. And so what really needs to happen there is that instead of beating yourself up and thinking, um, you know, like I can't, it's, it's, it's me. I don't have enough willpower. You need to really reframe it and understand that you, number one, celebrate the fact that you know what to do. Celebrate that because for some people, they don't even know what to do. Okay. So celebrate that you know what to do. Thank God for that. And then you've got to sit with the Lord and you've got to exchange that lie that you've been believing. Oh, I can't do it. I don't have enough time. Lie. God will give you enough time in your life to do all the things that he's called you to do. I don't have enough energy. Lie. Romans 8, 28. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on. Come on. We Like, right? He'll, he'll, it's, he can work all things together for your good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Sorry, that's Romans 8. So you need to understand that these things that we're thinking, that we're giving ourselves an out, we're making those excuses. Yes, they are excuses. Are all because we're believing a lie or we're stuck in a fear. And if we would sit and exchange that lie and that fear for something better from Jesus, then like Romans 6 to 8 shows us, we can be um, in the spirit and we can do more than we ever realized or imagined because we're letting him come and do it for us. Zechariah 4, not by your strength or by your might, but by my spirit, says the Lord God. And that is how you can do hard things, by his spirit. So sometimes we are stuck because we know what to do, but we just can't seem to do it. Okay, that's number two. Number three, sometimes <laughs> we are stuck and we stay stuck because, listen, this is going to be the one that's going to gut you if you're here. And I've had this gut be before. So listen, 
Sometimes we're stuck or we feel like we're staying stuck because we are insisting on being in control and doing it our own way. And honestly, look, the core of that is pride. We think that we know better how to keep ourselves safe. We think we know better how to prosper ourselves. We think we know better. We think that the picture that we've painted of what breakthrough should look like or what freedom should look like or what the end result should look like is better than what we think God can do. But the problem is you're forgetting that Isaiah tells us that his ways and his thoughts are higher than ours. We forget that like what we can see, what we can perceive, what we can imagine is just a percentage of what he has for us. His plans for us are good and not for evil. Jeremiah 29, 11, right? It's to prosper us and not to harm us. We should have hope in that. And so when we are approaching something and we feel stuck and we realize like, well, I'm, I'll only feel unstuck if this version of the, of the vision happens right? Well, the only way that I'll feel unstuck is if God provides my spouse at this time. The only way that I'll be unstuck is if he resolves that financial issue that I have. The only way that I can get unstuck is if he can show me a way to make more time in my schedule or make my kid to chill out or make that coworker situation boil down. Like That's the only way that I can see being unstuck from this is if he does it this specific way. And I got to tell you something, sis, that is a big red flag that says, no, what really the problem is, is that I am insisting on it working out in this way to look like this. And it really is our desire to hold control because we think that only we can keep ourselves safe. We think that the minute that there's pain, we think that the minute that there's suffering, that it means we've done something wrong or that God's not going to come for us. And I got to tell you something, you have to trust him. There are places where God has you stuck right now and you think that it's the enemy. And I'm telling you what, God is using it as a crucible to perfect you and to refine you so that you will learn to trust in him. Years ago, I read this book um, by Brian Johnson, who is Bill Johnson's son out at Bethel in Redding, California, and he had a nervous breakdown and he was panicked. And one of the things, and I'm not going to get this quote exactly right, but in the book, he talks about it. He said, you know what? It became such a blessing to realize that God was all I had. And when you realize that God is the only one who can bring you through, and he's the only thing that you can count on, that's when you're truly blessed. And I believe that to the core. And I think that many of us find ourselves stuck because we keep on thinking, no, 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 I can do it. I can handle it. I can figure it out. Um, You know, like, I think it should look like this. And the reality is when you feel stuck and like you can't get out, that's the moment to stop and start asking God some questions. Can I suggest to you that you ask four questions that I've kind of put together on a PDF for you, if that would help you? Like, would it help you to have some suggested questions to sit with the Lord and ask him? If so, then I want you to go to ericapile.com slash four, the number four questions ericapile.com slash four questions. And that'll give you four questions that when you're feeling stuck, you can sit with the Lord and ask him those questions and he will reframe the stuckness for you. He will reframe what it looks like for you. And I believe, I truly believe that if you will sit with him and ask these four questions, you will know what your next step should be. And that will be the beginning of your getting unstuck. But it will do it from a place where you're gonna have to lie down the lie, lay down the lie or the fear And you're going to have to lay down your um, desire to be in control and to have it look exactly like what you think it should look like. All right. So that's number three. 
Now, number four, here's the last one. And this is the one that I think gets people the most like upset, the most stressed out, okay? Is that you feel stuck, you know you're stuck, but you don't know why and you can't see why and you don't know how to get out. And so you are really stuck, stuck because not only are you um, feeling stuck, but when you start to think about like, okay, why am I here and how do I get out of this? You got nothing. You got nothing. You don't know it. You can't see it, right? And we talk in like Christianese (laughs) in church circles, the language that we use around this is we say, um, it's a familiar spirit. And many times this is a generational spirit. This is something that you were born into, and it's something that has pervaded over your family for maybe even generations. It's just something that we just accept about life because ever since we took our first breath in this earth, that has been the atmosphere or the environment that we've lived in. Or you've gone and you've gone through life and at some point you've had a you've had a significant trauma happen. You've had a significant thing happen in your life that taught you, quote unquote, taught you this lesson at a very deep level. And now that has become more real than anything else that anyone could tell you about that situation, including God. And so whenever you go to break out of this place of stuckness, that that is the loudest thought that is the loudest experience and you don't see it you don't notice it you just see it as safety you're just like well that feels the most common to me that feels the most um comfortable to me that feels the closest to me and the danger there is that it can become so close and so familiar that you can't even see it as being separate from you and this is the place where when i've walked into situations and people are like stuck stuck and they're just like i just can't see it I've railed against, I've tried to get out, I just don't know what's holding me up. And can I tell you something? This is the moment when it becomes super important for you to understand that you need a faith community. You need a church and you need a discipleship community. You need a crew of, if you're a woman, women who are safe and can be close to you, aren't going to be sounding boards, just repeating back to you the lies and the fear, but instead will hold space for you. And when you say, I'm stuck and I don't know why, they know how to ask you good questions and hold space for you so you can begin to have the Holy Spirit open up the eyes of your heart so you can perceive. And I believe that this is so vital. And so many of us, because of the um, kind of the quote unquote online nature of our generation and the fact that we can be alone behind a screen and not really connected, connected, and many people don't know how to connect authentically in an online setting. And so we've created these environments where it's just us and Jesus. I call it floating head Jesus. Even when we are quote unquote members of a church, but we only, let's say, attend online or we don't go into the deeper um, meetings of discipleship where we or a Bible study where we're actually in a room or even in a Zoom room and having real conversations, it's really hard. We were not meant to do life alone. And so if you're trying to do Christianity on your own, you're, you're trying too hard and it's not going to work because Jesus is the head of a body. His body is called the church. And so you need to make sure that you are in community. Now, if you say to me, well, Erica, I've experienced church hurt. I don't know how I feel about churches. Guess what? That's a stuckness. 
That right there is a stuckness and you need to deal with that. You need to understand, well, is it that you are, that you know what to do, but you can't do it because you feel like that hurt is going to happen again. That's, that's you being driven by a fear and potentially by a lie. And you need to deal with it. That's number two that I talked about. Or maybe you're insisting on, well, no, that's not how God does it. I don't have to be a part of a church in order to um, experience that. Well, you're wrong. Read, read Ephesians 4. You're wrong. Read you know, Paul's letters to the Corinthians. It is vital that we help one another. It's vital that we serve one another. It's vital that we're connected. It is God's heart that we would be connected. Read John 15. And I understand that when you read John 15, it's like, no, abide in me. Well, when you abide in Jesus, you also abide with his body. So you got to get that worked out. And that would be either number two or number three that we talked about. But here's the other thing. Like, are you pursuing relationship, authentic, intimate relationship with some safe people that you can go into and have conversations like this about? Because here's the thing. If you don't know or you can't see the reason for why you're stuck, you need somebody on the outside who can hold space for you and ask questions and help you to get there. And so I want to really encourage you that if you've never done that before, that you consider doing that. And you can do that. You can start doing that by getting into a church. But even more so, if you really want to engage in that process of finding some women, finding some you know girls who you can surround yourself with who are kind of on this journey of getting real about getting unstuck and will and will work it no matter what, they're going to go to God, they're going to believe him, they're going to put down the fear and the lies. And even if it's these familiar things, they're going to they're going to endeavor to see and to get delivered. If that's something that you're looking for, then I want to invite you to come and be a part of something that I run, that I lead called the Jesus Girl Gang. It's an online discipleship mentorship. I lead it, but there are some beautiful women in there and all of us are on this journey to go deeper with the Lord. And one of the things that is really um, kind of a focus in that group is we're helping each other on our journey of getting unstuck. We're helping each other on that journey of knowing what it looks like when we know what to do, but we can't seem to do it. How do we get unstuck from that position? Or when we've been believing those lies and that fear, how do we put that down and ask God for something better? Or when we're insisting on being in control and that it has to look a certain way, how can we engage one another to help each other in um, in helpful, like healthy ways um, to to make those decisions and to take those steps for ourselves. We're not codependent in there. And especially this number four, when it's like, I know I'm stuck, but I don't know why. And I don't know how to get out. And I feel like I'm thrashing, thrashing, thrashing. And I just feel like finally giving up and like, I'm going to drown. That's the moment when having a crew like the Jesus Girl Gang could really make all the difference because we're committed in that group to helping one another to be able to see. And that's according to what God is showing, not our version of it. So we're not in there trying to make people into projects and trying to like fix each other. This is not like group therapy. This is holding a space for people so that they can audaciously in faith go after God and hear from him and then implement that which God has shown them by the power of the spirit. And if that's something that you really think you need in this season, then I want to invite you to come be a part of the Jesus Girl Gang. You can go to jesusgirlgang.com slash membership to learn more and to sign up. 
And we're open right now until August 31st. So if you're listening to this episode and it's beyond August 31st, don't worry. Like just go there and you can get on the wait list. And you can also join us on the Revive Woman Facebook page, which is basically the place where we hang out uh, before the Jesus Girl Gang opens. So you can go to revivewoman.org slash FB. We have all kinds of events. We have girls night out events. We've got a conference that happens annually in May. And that's really the starting point. That's the starting place for the Jesus Girl Gang anyway. So you can kind of get used to like how we do things and um, how we relate and what our values are and what our mission is. And then when you're ready, you can jump into the Jesus Girl Gang with us. And it is a much deeper and more intentional journey at that point. So, but if you're ready, I want to see you over there. Hop in by going to jesusgirlgang.com slash membership, and I'll see you on the inside. All right, that's what I have for you today. I hope that it blessed you. If you know this could help someone in your circle, I want to encourage you to share, share, share. And let me know how this episode impacted you by going to the app wherever you're listening to this episode and leaving a review. I mean, I don't know, five-star review sounds good, hey? Um, But let me know how this um, podcast and how this episode is impacting you. Thanks so much. Until next time, I pray you have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.